Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. What's up? Uh, nothing much. Kind of tired. Yeah, that's usually. You know what? That's always the case. A hundred percent of the time. All always tired. No, I'm tired. Damn it! I'm so stretching and yawning. No, yeah, it's totally um, my fault. Yeah, absolutely. <gasps> it's twelve twelve. Huh? It's twelve twelve. Make oh, a wish. Oh man. Make a. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I made a wish. Okay. I thought that was eleven eleven. I think it's any time, but yes, eleven eleven is the normal one. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah that ha- that's true. You have a thing. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do that thing now, or do you want? Do you have any news first? No, we should do the thing now. Okay. Um, my thing is, I got Bob a birthday present for his birthday like two months ago. <laughs> it was literally. It was like. It was last month. Yeah, but the the thing for context, it didn't get here till. Yeah, I mean, I didn't give you your Christmas present until April, so it's fine. But also, I told him I was going to get him a Christmas uh, birthday present that he would find funny. Yeah. But wouldn't necessarily enjoy. Mm Mm-hmm. So, in my bag. It's still in the packaging, so I hope this... I hope it's the right thing. I hope this is the right thing. I don't even want you to look at the label, because the label will probably give it away. I don't know what it could be. But, uh... Okay. Crinky, crinkly wrapping, wrapping paper. Sorry for you audio. The audio texture on this episode is going to be awesome. Unless you're not hearing this and I put it somewhere else because it was really funny. Whoa, it's a hat. Oh, God. Is that what it is? What is this? I have scissors. Oh, it's a knife. Well, actually, no. Okay, it's just. What is this? <laughs> oh, I'm going to kill you. Oh, <laughs> my God. Okay. I got you a beanie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm leaving this in the episode. It's funny <laughs> as fuck. Okay. And also, like, let me be real. Anyone that's listening already knows this joke, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah, like, come on. So, they ben got know. me. <laughs> the I'm going to post a picture of this on Twitter with the episode because <laughs> it's funny. For those of you that don't know, you know my name is Bob, but my last name just happens to be Belcher. And I always wear a beanie, like always. Not always. Like, in the wintertime or, like, where my hair is super messy, I just throw a beanie on. Always. I haven't worn a beanie in a minute. That's it's fair. Been hot as balls where we live. <laughs> ben got me a Bob's Burgers beanie because he knows I fucking despise <laughs> that show. Like, actual hatred. Even though Abby's always like, you should watch it. It's funny. I'm like, no, fuck you. No, I'm not watching I it. I think you'd enjoy it. I think I would too, but that doesn't matter. I'm out of spite, <laughs> Benjamin. That guy stole my name and is more famous than I am. Fuck him. I was Bob Belcher before that guy existed. This is actually, this is a great gift. This is hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to wear this upstairs and Evan's going to like punch me in the face. <laughs> hold on. Is it reversible? It is reversible. Oh, this is great. This is, so, hold on. I'm going to work for the episode. Hold on. <laughs> this on. Oh, no. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> now I have a, like a, I should cut a mouth holes in this and like a thing and do like a ski mask situation. No, no. I think you should just leave it as an actual. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I'm just going to wear it like this. This is fine. <laughs> not the way you wear that hat. No, absolutely not, but I'm doing it anyway because we're on the podcast. It doesn't Who's going to see me besides you? <laughs> me. I just, yeah, that doesn't answer my question. Ben, ben won't stop laughing at me right now. This is a great gift. This is hilarious. No, so do you want to, can I tell, all right, fuck the podcast. I'm telling a story because this is related to this, okay. the hat. <laughs> okay. Um, the reason I hate Bob's Burgers so much is because, A, I already told you, the man stole my name, and I was born before he existed. So fuck him. But also, my freshman year of college, and my roommate, Troy, who we might have on the show at some point if he wants. 
he's talked to me about it. It'd be cool to have him on. He's one of my one of my best friends. We lived in an apartment style dorm, but we still had like RAs and stuff, right? So we both had our own bedroom and our own bathroom, and we shared a kitchen and a living room. It was great. I loved living with him. It was fun. The floor theme for our floor was Bob's Burgers. So we had to go to our first meeting with our RA, and everyone went around and said their name. And I said my name was Bob Belcher, and I've never felt more ashamed in my life. My RA personally ruined my freshman dorm experience because there was Bob's Burgers stickers all over the walls, everywhere. And anytime I walked out of my dorm, somebody knew who I was. Like, the person at the front desk always knew it was me. Like, oh, Bob Belcher. I'm like... I find this story very funny. It's enraging. But at the same time, it's not that bad. Like, it's kind of nice that everyone knew who you were. No, it isn't. No. <laughs> I couldn't get away with anything. I couldn't do anything I wasn't supposed to because everyone knew who I was. <laughs> I tried so, like, no. It was awful. Like, actually terrible. Like, the laundry room, oh, my God. I would go to the laundry room, someone would be like, oh, you're Bob Belcher. I'd be like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Yeah, like, get, go leave me alone. <laughs> now everyone will know. Yep. Anyway, personal vendetta that I have against <laughs> Bob Belcher from Bob's Burgers and the creator of that show, whoever he is. You'd I don't like I that him. show. Huh? You'd like that show. I know I probably would, but I refuse to watch it. I've seen clips and it was mildly funny. So, you know. Also, I even if it's bad TV, I've talked about this. I love bad TV. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I've seen never mind, I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna ruin my my credibility as <laughs> someone who reviews media content right Bob now. Bob is a wide enjoyer of MILF Manor. <laughs> well, not even that one. I've talked about that one. That's come up on the podcast. I've seen every episode. It's bad, but I watched it. Mm. All right, moving on from the Christmas present or birthday present, not Christmas present. Yeah, yeah. What are we? Uh, what are we doing today, Ben? Uh, we're doing a board spot. Yeah, we are. Shockingly enough, you know, mm-hmm. normal episode for it's once. Friday. I feel like whatever the convention prep episodes are becoming more normal episodes because there are so many more of those things. We do one of these a week, and we're putting out two to three of those a week. Yeah, but the convention prep episodes have a time limit on them. That's true. Like, these are going to be in perpetuity. The convention prep stuff will stop eventually. When we finally get there, if we ever get there, we'll get there. Whatever that is. I mean, hell, the Friday that this comes out, we dropped Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because Dawn, Jaws, and then Day came out. Was that this week? Yeah. Yeah. That would be this week. And, like, we're just pumping out so much extra content on top of the normal show that, like, my convention prep folder is starting to get bigger than the folder for season four of the show because they're just coming out so quick. But our categories for this season are swamps, which <laughs> I picked last week and we watched Anaconda. Which Whoa. The saving grace of that movie is that John Boyd made a funny face the whole time. <laughs> that was the only saving grace of that entire movie. That's not true. It had some cool moments. We have Haunted Houses, which I think has been pretty solid so far. I've enjoyed the Haunted House movie that we got. Like, it was good. Can I have an aside really quick? Yeah. I was confused because you said the the week this comes out, we did Dawn Day Dead. Or er, it's Dawn. But that already happened. Jaws Day. Yeah. Yeah. That already happened. I thought you meant coming up. No, no, no. That ha- Like, the Friday. I, I normally yeah. count it Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, Monday as our kind of release window. It kind of is, and usually. And not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Even though that the other way around is a week. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Go back to <laughs> yeah, your yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I was just confused. Uh, but Haunted House has been good so far. The one movie we watched from that category has been fun, and I really like it. It was a good black and white movie. Um, the Haunting, super good. And then Feather Music has been pretty funny. At the minimum, that mo- those movies have been funny and fun, and I've enjoyed them. I kind of want to save Fear the Music for the last episode because that one feels like it'd be a good one to go out on. I don't really want to watch Swamps again, so I guess I'm watching. 
I'm picking. You don't want to watch Swamps again. I don't want to watch Swamps again. <laughs> Look, man, I, I can only do an anaconda like once every couple weeks. I we can't watch two anacondas <laughs> in a row. Like that is that's hell for this show. Like I like when we watch dumb fun movies on the podcast, or like even bad movies that are fun. If every movie was an anaconda, I'd kill myself. It would be atrocious. We have to break up the bad and the good, okay? So I'm going with Haunted Houses because the first movie in that was so good. Haunted Houses, well, actually, what spots do I have? I don't remember. It's been so long. Uh, you have one and two. Oh, so I did three. Okay. Haunted Houses spot one. Wait, spot one? Yeah, sure. All right. Today, we're going to be doing The House on Haunted Hill. Oh! Is it the, is that the Vincent Price movie? That is the Vincent Price Hell movie. Hell yeah! I was excited for this one. It's I- probably... I think for a lot of people nowadays, it's probably Vincent Price's most famous film. At least his most iconic. Everyone's like, oh yeah, the Vincent Price movie. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a Vincent Price movie, and I've only seen one Vincent Price movie. So, what was that? (laughs) Well, we recorded it for the podcast and never released it. Oh, I thought we've done one since then. No, I thought that The Haunting was was this movie, but it wasn't. Oh, that's where the confusion was. I know Mm -hmm. we had this conversation last time. Uh, So, this is a 1959 movie. Okay. So, this is... Younger than The Haunting. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. This mo- now this is the oldest movie watched on the podcast. I guess. Yeah. Nineteen fifty nine. Absolutely. I I'm not good at keeping track of it. I just have to listen to the episodes and remember stuff. Uh, my description here is uh, where have we seen this name before? <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, um, it's an hour and fifteen minutes long. Oh, it's actually short. It's not rated. Awesome. Review scores. IMDb gave it a 6.8 out of 10. Tomato Meter gave it a 78%, and it has an audience score of 73%. It's pretty, pretty good. I'm, I'm, you know what? Now that I have the background of watching The Haunting, I'm very excited to watch this film because not only does it come before it, but I assume it's going to be sort of in the same style or vein of that film. Style? Yeah. I, I don't know how closely you want to say it is for vein. I mean, they're similar. I mean, they're both haunted house films. And they're yeah. both, like, classics. That's exciting for me, at least. But they're a little different. All right. No awards or nominations that I could find. So we'll just get to the actors. Uh, Vincent Price as Frederick Lauren. I played Dr. Anton Fives and the abominable Dr. Fives. Carol Omart as Annabelle Lauren. She played Pauline Pauli Nevins in The Scarlet Hour. Richard Long as Lance Schroeder. Uh, he played Noah Longstreet in The Stranger. Alan Marshall as Dr. David Trent. He played uh, Phobos in Hunchback of Notre Dame. Carolyn Craig as Nora Manning. She played Lacey Linton in Giant. Alicia Cook Jr. as Watson Pritchard. He played Mr. Nicholas in Rosemary's Baby. Oh, I want to watch that. Yeah. That's like the only movie you've named so far that I've heard of. (laughs) I figured as much. Uh, Julie Mitchum as Ruth Bridges. Uh, she played Susie Wilby in The High and the Mighty. Theona Anderson as Miss Slides. Uh, she played Mrs. DeCourcy in Ashes. And then Howard Hoffman as Jonas. He played Hummel in Macabre. Okay. I assume it's a lot of like people that are either, I don't want to, you know. Really, morbid, really old or dead. Really old or dead. And I've probably never heard of them. Yeah. That's most yeah. of these people, yeah. I mean, this is 59. Yeah. That's like 60 years ago. Oh, my. That's a whole lifetime. It's more than 60 years ago, but yeah. yeah that's Holy like a whole lifetime. Crap. Um, director's William Castle. You heard of Castle? Uh, the name is really familiar. Okay. Um, I'm sure I've talked about him before. We'll talk about him after the film some. But he's also like directed Homicidal in 1961. 
The writer's Rob White. Uh, he also wrote 13 Ghosts, which Ooh. is another Castle film. I've heard of that one. Uh, the budget's estimated at $200,000, so it's pretty pretty low budget. Pretty low, yeah. Country of origin, uh, United States. And for the tagline, I couldn't find anything like on the really common posters. Mm-hmm. So my guess is these taglines were more like theatrical trailer stuff. Okay. Or it was just on a poster I couldn't find. But the tagline I found uh, reference that I thought was the, we'll say the best sounding. Sure. Was the doors are locked at midnight. It's not bad. For a haunted house movie, not bad. All right. So before we get into the film, I got a couple facts. Um, first of all, from what I could find, this film is public domain. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, I don't know the story behind that, but just know that, like, do you want to go see this? You can find it everywhere. Like, you don't have to pay for it. I mean, obviously, you can find it on a bunch of streaming services, and you can watch it with ads for free, or you can rent it there. Um, but if you really want, it's straight up on the Wikipedia page for this movie. Like, there's a, f- a little thing. You can click on it, and you can watch it on Wikipedia. The thing to note, though, about this film, and from what I found, is there's a ton of different versions of it. Oh, really? Uh, it's the same thing with uh, Night of the Living Dead, because they're both public domain movies. Mm-hmm. But basically, there was a bunch of re-releases of it from different people back in the day. Specifically, when VHS was a thing. Because uh, I don't know if you know this about VHS, but it was like a really big deal because uh, the tech wasn't owned by a company. So like, you know how Blu-ray is owned by Sony? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you have to pay Sony money to do stuff with Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to do that with VHS. Ah, I see. So you could just be like, Dingleberry number five, <laughs> go buy a bunch of VHSs from some bootlegger and make your own VHS tapes and sell them and those be legit. That's crazy. So VHS t- tapes could be made really cheap. So there was a bunch of releases, a bunch of different stuff made uber low budget. Big thing in the horror industry. But anyways, um, getting back to this movie, a bunch of different versions of House on Haunted Hill were released on VHS. Some of them were like, oh, I got this copy of The House on Haunted Hill. Let me put it on a different Blu-ray and sell or on a different VHS and sell that as my own. Hmm. Point being is that while the film's in public domain and there's a lot of versions available that you can find, not all of them look good. Some of them look really, really bad and distorted. Okay. Because it's been like a copy of a copy kind of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Going back to my my reference of the one that's on the Wikipedia page, it's almost out of focus. Oh, that's like weird. when you watch it, it's not like noticeable for the entire film, but like especially like on the credits, mm-hmm. they're like hard to read because they're almost a little blurry. Oh wow. Okay. And that's just like a thing you'll find with a lot of versions. There are like. There's a colorized version of the film because it's in black and white. Surprise. Not because they didn't have color, but because this is low budget. Yeah, they made it for $200,000. Color film was very expensive back in the day, which Mm -hmm. is super interesting. So you'll see a bunch of films from the 50s and 60s that are in black and white, uh, like Psycho, because it was cheap. And Night of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. But there's like a colorized version. There's also some like remastered versions that are still in black and white. But you do usually have to. Those are the versions that are usually up on streaming services for you to watch with ads. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, like, pay for. Do you know we're going to watch this today? Like We're, we're watching it on Amazon. Okay. Um, we're watching a remastered version. Oh, nice. Okay. Which I think was very specifically... I don't know. I think it's the remastered version from 2005? But that's me guessing. Because I know they did a remaster then that was still in black and white. Okay. But I thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting. I, I think it's one of the first films where we've seen something like that. Where there's just a shit ton of versions just floating out there that are <laughs> not the cleanest cuts basically i mean night of the living dead's kind of the same yeah but not to that level mm-hmm. like there's there's a couple different versions of night of the living dead floating out there but most of them are pretty 
close to the original cut, like in quality, just because it was so ubiquitous and everywhere. Mm -hmm. So this one's a little bit different. Aside from that, the exterior shots of the house on Haunted Hill, Mm -hmm. obviously, uh, was filmed at the Ennis House in Los Feliz, California. So if you're interested in where they're doing the exterior shots, interior are sound stages primarily. And um, if you ever look at the poster, completely different house on the post. (laughs) So there's like three different versions. Awesome. And I think this needs to be mentioned that the name sounds like The Haunting of Hill House, right? Mm -hmm. But this is not based on The Haunting of Hill House, the book. Very separate. It's just, I think it's kind of inspired by the idea of that, Mm -hmm. like of a haunted house like that. And so the name is like an homage. Makes sense. Because that that book came out like a year before this film. Yeah. The Roundabouts. And then The Haunting is based on that book. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, multiple films could be based on that book. I'm just telling you this one isn't. Yeah, but I'm saying like The Haunting is a direct line and this is sort of them going, that was cool. Let's do our own thing with the idea. That's a cool name. Yeah. Let's also make a house on a hill. That's haunted. Yeah. That's that's about how it happened. All right, uh, that's all I got, though, for uh, for the beginning. Okay. I do have some stuff to talk about after, but we, we'll get to that. Sure. All right. I, uh, I guess we'll see you guys after the movie. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching The House on Haunted Hill. Spooky. It's not The House on Haunted Hill. It's House on Haunted House Hill. House on ha- So it's not The? Okay. I didn't know that until well, just now. So, The House on Haunted Hill was the promotional title. Like, apparently in the old, like, commercials for it, mm-hmm. it would say The House on Haunted Hill. But the official name of the movie is House on Haunted Hill. Okay. What a weird, like, denotation on that. Whatever. Yeah, we just finished watching that movie. Bob recommends? Yeah, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh. I think that might... I say this a good amount, but I think that might be the scaredest I've seen Bob. It was. It freaked me out, dude. <laughs> I think it's very funny because we watched Jaws the other day. We've seen the Bay. I think Bob might have been more scared watching this haunted house movie. I don't know if "scared" is the right word, but I was I, so mm. fucking tense the whole time. You were very tense. I looked over it and you were whining and <laughs> shaking. But there was one scene though where you um oh yeah you flat out I thought almost shit your pants <laughs> it scared the <laughs> shit out of me. All right, on that note, are you okay if I kind of like describe it? Yeah, let's go, man. Okay, so first of all, go watch the movie if you haven't. Oh yeah, go watch it. However, it is sixty years old, so I'm gonna be kind of we're gonna be pretty spoilery. Yeah, and I think I, we kind of have to. We we kind of have to for this movie, but also because it's sixty years old. If you haven't seen it at this point, you're probably not going to. Also, it's public domain, so if you really wanted to see it, you can just go find it. Yeah. Uh, I am going to recommend, I think as I said in the intro part of this, that you should go find a remastered version Mm -hmm. or a colorized version, but I'd recommend watching it in black and white. Oh, black and white is so good. That's just how it's intended. But I know some people are just against that for whatever reason, which I don't understand, but I guess I can get. I don't think this movie works as well in color. Just have watching it only in black and white, 
I could see how color would make this a worse film. Black and white really helps with shadows. But mm-hmm. if you do want to see it in black and white, some of the remastered or in color, some of the remastered versions are colorized. So highly recommend you go watch those. I might rewatch it in color just to see the difference. Those are the ones that are really available, like on big streaming services, or the remastered and the colorized versions. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go watch those, you can go find those pretty easily. They're readily available, but you're either gonna have to rent them for like two bucks. Or watch them with ads for free. Um, but I, I'd recommend you go watch it before you listen to this. Absolutely. Um, like, please. Now, this description I'm going to give, I'm going to try and keep spoilers out of it, and then we'll give a spoiler warning afterwards. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of hear the premise of it to see if you're actually interested. But I'm going to get into it, right? Yeah. Okay. So the setup of this movie is very simple. It is Vincent Price introduced us, but he's throwing a party. His character is uh, Frederick. Uh, mm-hmm. what is Lauren. It? Lauren. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Always here yep. to tell me names. Uh, his name's Frederick Lauren. So Mr. Lauren is having a house party. And it, let me just say, this f- film has such an interesting intro because he's oh. serving as a narrator, but like almost an omniscient narrator introducing everything. Mm-hmm. But he introduced all his guests uh, who are all driving up into the house in hearse, like, you know, the thing they bring up coffins in and funerals. And um, he introduced them one by one. And there's, what, five of them? Yeah. There is uh, Lance, who's a fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. Dr. Trent. A psychiatrist. Who's a psychiatrist. Nora, who is, like, she an employee w- at one of his companies. Yeah, she works for him. Because Mr. Lawrence, multimillionaire. He's loaded. Which is a huge deal. In 1959. Yeah. Doesn't sound as crazy nowadays because we have multi-billionaires. Billionaires, yeah. Which is absolutely wild, but we're used to it. Pritchard. Mm-hmm. Who's the drunk who owns the house? Yeah, he owns the house, but doesn't ever go there. He refuses to come there. And then uh, Ruth, who is um, an old woman who works for the paper, old woman. She's like a middle-aged woman who yeah. works for the paper. Probably like forty something. Yeah. And so they're all be- all being invited to the house by uh, Frederick. Frederick. But what's his last name? I keep forgetting. Lauren. Lauren. I keep thinking Lauren in my head. I'm like, that's not right. It is though. That's a first name. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're all being invited to the house by Lauren. Uh, to be guest at this dinner party for his wife. And um, I guess the idea here is she wanted to throw a party, but he kind of took over and invited the guests without, like, her consent. But he's invited these five people as kind of like a test of courage. The house on Haunted Hill is, as the name implies, haunted. I think seven people have been murdered there. Yeah, it's seven. And Watson, the owner, is so horrified to go in there because... He just believes absolutely there's ghosts in there. And it's probably my favorite character trait he has. Yeah, because he's absolutely terrified and drunk the whole movie. And it's awesome. But Frederick's whole thing is, Mr. Lauren, is that if they stay in the house all night, and there's going to be a lock-in at midnight, they'll get $10,000 each. A lot of money in 19... 19- it's a lot of money now, but it's even more back then. Yeah, I I did the... I looked it up, so no calculations done, but I did look it up. It's like $105,000 nowadays insane amounts mm-hmm. if you stay in this house for you know 12 hours 12 hours and to add like i think more to the mounting horror mr lauren is like if one of you dies the fifty thousand will be divided amongst the survivors yep so it's this super dark like premise but is also just like the perfect setup to raise tension among the guests oh for sure we haven't even gotten to the gift he gives out crazy we'll We're talk about it that. later that was a spoiler bob well, you no, bastards. that's not a spoiler. It just he gives out a like, you know, when you go to a party, you get a little gift bag. Yeah, he party gives out one. Yeah, party favor. How's it a spoiler? It's a party. Fuck I didn't you. tell. I didn't say what it was. <laughs> I just alluded to something cool later that we're gonna talk about. But basically, they all get to the house, and what follows is 
classic haunted house. Yeah. You know, stuff happens, guests get scared, um, that kind of stuff. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it kind of here in this yeah. description part. I don't if you if you haven't seen it and that seems interesting, please go watch this movie. Like I'm begging you. Just like I don't want to spoil it cuz it's so fucking insane. It's so good. So yeah, final warning cuz we're we're going to actually like describe it. Yeah, we're going to talk about detail. what happens. So, you ready? Uh-huh. Okay. So this setup of like $10,000 to each surviving guest is very clearly set up by Frederick to create tension. Oh, yeah. And to scare the bejesus out of people. Because we learn very quickly that Mr. Lauren and Mrs. Lauren hate each other. They are fuming with each other constantly. Very specifically, we've learned that Mr. Lauren has had, what, this is three his previous wife. wives. Yeah, three previous wives. Who have all died. One, I think, was... One uh, disappeared. The disappeared. first one disappeared. And then the second two were women in her 20s that had heart attacks. Very suspicious. And... The fourth one, uh, what was her first name? Annabelle. Is it Annabelle? Yep. Yep, Annabelle Lauren. Very clearly a gold digger. Absolutely. Who hates her husband, which is fine. Frederick hates her too. Yeah, they hate each other. It's a mutual hate. Which is fine, except the issue here is that Frederick knows, or is pretty confident, that Annabelle has tried to poison him. Absolutely. <laughs> and Annabelle is convinced that Frederick's going to try and kill her. Mm-hmm. Because she keeps mentioning that she's she thinks that Frederick wrongly thinks that she's seeing someone else yep and I, I need to mention basically what's happening is frederick wants to divorce her very clearly but he can't because it's 1959 i think this is still the time where you needed like a good reason yeah you had to have a like a legitimate reason for divorce you couldn't just do it because you wanted to uh, like your significant other cheating on you yeah and because he doesn't have proof of that there's nothing he, he can, can do and uh since he's a millionaire he's basically convinced because his wife kind of flat out tells him that she just wants his money, mm -hmm. and if he dies, she gets it all. And so from very on in, early on in the film, we know that basically Frederick set up this whole party to just fuck with his wife because yeah. he just doesn't want her to be happy. <laughs> because basically, really... it's very clear she wanted to have an actual dinner party, and he's like, yeah. instead, I'm going to lock you in this haunted house with a bunch of strangers and create a high, like, tension situation. Yeah. So you're just not happy. Because fuck you. It's awesome. Great setup. And, you know, right from the get-go, he's having a great time. Oh, yeah, he's having a blast. Just, you can tell, just trying to freak people out. It's just like his, maybe there's ghosts here. Yeah, and Watson is not helping. Yeah. <laughs> Watson is just like, yeah, there are ghosts here. Stop. Everyone leave. Yeah, like, he's very much playing into this, maybe there's something going on. But I do want to mention here that, like, he also hasn't set up any gags to, like, scare anyone. No. It's just the house. Yeah. Immediately when someone walks in, the chandelier falls, like, in the entryway and almost kills uh, Nora. Yep. Or at least hurts her really badly. And um, Frederick has to, like, run and push her out of the way. And um, having watched the whole film, I don't think that was planned. No, it wasn't. I think the it chandelier wasn't. just fell. And that's kind of how this first half of the movie is, is just... <laughs> for the most part, kind of coincidence mm -hmm. with, like, the house aching, not aching, creaking, and people just getting scared. And what this first part of the film is is just building tension. With There's a primary focus on Nora, who's the young woman who works for uh, Lauren's company, and she keeps getting scared. For good reason, man. Like, on God, I would be shitting my pants. Very specifically, uh, spoiler here, guys, again, there's housekeepers in the house that no one is really told about i think it's kind of implied yeah at least watson knows that they're there and obviously the Lawrence do and they're walking around kind of unseen because they're the help and that's kind of a part of the deal and they scare the bejesus out of nora 
on multiple occasions. And me. On multiple occasions. Yeah, that's what got Bob to almost shit himself, is the reveal of... Both of the housekeepers. Yeah, because in this first half of the movie, because no one else sees them but Nora, they're straight up set up as ghosts. And they feel like ghosts. Mm -hmm. The way that they're, like... They walk and portrayed they portrayed shit, and even what they say. Mm-hmm. One of the housekeepers basically says, "Get out of the house! They're trying to—they're yeah. trying to kill you." Which, once you learn the housekeepers, seems to imply they're talking about the ghosts. Yep, like the housekeepers believe in them. But what ends up happening is the housekeepers are eventually revealed after Nora has basically lost it. Uh, yeah, with terror, and everyone's down in the living room because Nora's like, "I want to go." Yeah, she's like, "I need to get the fuck out of here." And I'm she's losing my become mind. friends with Lance, who's is set up as kind of the hunky twenty-something male lead. Yeah, and obviously she's the younger woman, so they're kind of like the together couple. So she's telling Lance, "Please take me out of here. I want to leave." And while they're talking about that, and everyone's kind of having this discussion of like who should go, because Lauren's like, "This is your last chance." The housekeeper's about to lock up. Uh, they will in like an hour or two. You hear the door slam mm-hmm. because now the house is locked. The housekeeper is left early for n- no weird. reason. Um, I think the implication is they just might have been kind of freaked out tonight. Yeah, I think because there's there are some lines later that imply that like they don't normally leave before midnight. Like that's not a normal thing, no. and it's not explained why they did that. Uh, I think there's two reasons potentially, but the one I always want to lead to is that like the housekeepers are kind of in the same boat as Watson. Yeah, where they're. They actually believe in the ghosts in the house and are kind of freaked out. And from that perspective of there's ghosts in the house, for them there's this idea of, oh, there's a bunch of people in the house now. It's inciting the ghost. I'm extra freaked out. I want to leave. Yeah. Um, and so when they leave, they lock the door behind them because I think it might have just an auto lock kind of thing. Maybe. Where the di- Anyways, the door is locked behind them and very explicitly it was explained that the front door, the only entrance out in and out of the house, solid steel can't get through it and all the windows are steel bars that are set into the stone Mm -hmm. because this house is basically a prison (laughs) a prison there's also no phones no electricity uh, no electricity all the lights are gas powered Mm -hmm. which super cool cool. although the the, this whole thing is really weird because the outside of the house is art deco oh yeah and the inside is victorian bizarre from that perspective but i love the the choices but with the door slamming it begins the second half of the movie which is kind of like less ghost stuff. Well, more ghost stuff. More ghost stuff. But there's a less of a focus on like individual being individuals being scared and more of a focus on like the human tension. Yeah. And it all starts with the party favors. My fa- this I think I said this during the film. This might be the most American thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you take a bunch of people, you put them in a high stress situation. Wait. wait. Give uh, let me set it up. Okay. Lauren walks to the front of the room. Uh Miss Frederick and is like, "Well, now that we're all in here, I guess we should get these party favors out of the way. Uh, my wife suggested them. Yep. Who She's finally come downstairs. She basically refused earlier, and mm-hmm. he kind of um, <laughs> forced her to. Yeah. It's very funny. They keep having a sides where Annabelle will act really sweet and innocent whenever in front of company, and mm-hmm. then, like, really passive-aggressive in the most iconic way possible when it's just her and Frederick. It's really funny. It's extremely funny. Uh, because it's just so well played. There's so much passive aggressive energy between these two actors. It's very well done. But uh, she's finally come downstairs, and so they're standing at the front of the room, and we get to see Vincent Price, uh, who plays Frederick, lift open. There's been these tiny coffins at the front of the room the whole time, and he lifts the lids on each of them, and you don't see what's inside. Nope. Until he gets to like the sixth one, and Bob, what's in there? Guns. <laughs> he gives everyone in the room a handgun. Yeah, like 38s. No, those were 45s, What are those 45s? Those, he gave them all 45s. <laughs> oh, shit. Those big bullets. Yeah, just 45s, I guess. 
like I was saying, most American thing I've ever seen. And he picks up the one that we get to see, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> and he shoots it to show that there's real bullets in there. Mm-hmm. Explodes a vase. Gives everyone guns. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. He didn't but think it, it was his wife's idea. It raises the stakes so quickly. But because now it's like, it. oh my god, if someone gets really scared, they're going to kill somebody. And it's it's very heavily implied that the reason he goes with it is because, basically, he knows his wife wants to kill him. His wife knows he wants to kill her. And so they're just having this passive-aggressive mind game because neither of them can come out with that. Yeah. Or they have grounds for, like, something. And so he gave the guns out as party favors to be like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Can't kill me with a gun now because we all have them. I think the funniest thing is I think Watson goes, this isn't going to help against the ghosts. <laughs> and everyone's just like, God um, damn it. But it's so good. After everyone gets guns, they basically separate to go to their rooms. Yeah. And um, this is really when things start to go to shit. Mm-hmm. So previously in the film, I think it, one of the things I skipped over is like Nora was getting explicitly scared, right? Oh, yeah. Um, And she kept seeing things that she was like, oh, shit, ghosts. And it was like never explained away. Except for the housekeeper stuff. A lot of the stuff was implied to be the housekeepers. Um, but one of the last things she sees is a head in her suitcase. Yeah. And it disappeared, like, when she brought everyone up there. So everyone kind of thinks Nora's losing it. Yeah, and she kind of is, because there's no, if the ghosts are not real, she is losing her marbles. Because that stuff is just, she's imagining it, right? Yeah. From everyone else's perspective. But if the ghosts are real, it's more chill. But the ghosts at this point are proven to not be real, essentially, because everything else has been explained by the housekeepers. Yeah, Um. except for the head. Yeah, but no one believes her. Yeah, because it's gone by the time anyone gets up there. But basically, <laughs> Nora gets freaked out again. Yeah. And I think, what, we hear her scream? Yeah, she uh she runs out of her room because there's a head in her suit, or, like, after everyone, and she screams. No, I mean after that. Like, everyone's in their rooms, and I think we hear Nora scream. It might not. No, and it's not Nora. Lance, Nora doesn't scream. No, and then Lance goes into her room looking for her, doesn't find her, looks into the closet. Oh, yeah. And finds... Another head. Another head. Which presumably are the two missing heads. Basically, um, Watson's brother you saw in the house? Yeah. And his his brother and the brother's wife's sister were both murdered in the house by the brother's wife. Yeah. Because she found them assumedly having sex. Long story short, two of the heads of the murder victims weren't found. Yep. And this is assumedly what the head was. But Lance grabs the head and brings it downstairs. Looking for Nora and is like, what the fuck's happening? Confronts Watson about the head. It's very funny. Yeah. Because Watson pulls a knife on him. He's like, they're coming to get you. Yep. Ghosts. And Lance's like, where's Nora? He's like, they got her. (laughs) Yep. And when that confrontation happens, you hear a scream. That's what I was thinking Yeah. Uh, I think there's there's two. Yeah. Or at least I think there's a bump from Nora's room. I forget the exact reason why He goes in there looking for her. But you hear a scream. And Lance runs up the stairs. I think he leaves the head in the kitchen. <laughs> I think he does just leave the head in the kitchen with Watson. So he turns up the stairs and you see a woman hanging like just her feet in this dress. Oh, shit. Nora. Nora has hung herself. And, um, you know, what's his name? The doctor. Yeah. Trent. Yeah. Right. Comes from the top of the stairs. She's like, oh, my God. Get yeah. her down. So they basically lower her down and they bring her into one of the rooms. And, you know, Frederick walks in at this point. He's like, Nora. And no, it's revealed to be. Annabelle, yep. Frederick's wife. Annabelle hung herself. And at this point, everyone splits up uh, because I think they're looking to, like, just have a moment. Yeah. And as Lance is walking down the hallway, he's grabbed by Nora, who's alive, but she's like, save me. Yep. Help me. 
And so they go into Nora's room, and Nora's like, someone tried to kill me. Pretty sure it was Mr. Lauren. Yeah. And so Lance is like, you hide here. And then someone knocks at the door, and it's Trent. Mm-hmm. And he gathers everyone to go downstairs. Except for Nora, who to everyone else is just missing. Yeah. Which I think is very funny. Well, because... Well, I think it's implied is still in a room or missing. Yeah, because after she found the head, she went to her room and was like, everyone get out, leave me the fuck alone, I'm locking myself in here, don't bother me. Yeah. Because Trent's like, do you want a sedative to like calm her down? And she's like, no, go fuck away. <laughs> so basically, everyone else is assumed that she she's, never left. She never left her room, and assumedly, Lauren tried to kill her and assumes that she's dead. Yeah. Because I think it's implied that he choked her out and she fell unconscious. Yeah, it's implied someone choked her in a dark room. <laughs> yeah, and she fell unconscious and they just assumed she was dead, but she didn't actually die. Yeah. Anyways, everyone goes down to the living room and they have this moment where the doctor's just like, okay, this woman's dead. How do we leave? And of course, Frederick's like, well, we can't. Literally There's, impossible. I told you already. I wasn't joking. There's literally no emergency measures for leaving, which becomes this moment of, well, shoot, because Annabelle totally didn't kill herself. There's no way. She couldn't have hung herself like that. She looked like she was hoisted up there, Mm -hmm. and the only way they get up there would have been to either been pulled up with rope, Yep, which it was tied to the side, so she didn't do that to herself, or someone lifted her up there. Like like some supernatural force. Implied that maybe the ghost killed her. (laughs) Yeah, the implication is either it was a ghost, which most of the people don't believe in. Watson's losing his shit, though. Uh, Watts is losing his shit. Everyone else is just like, well, someone killed her. And because no one knew her beforehand, Besides, obviously, her husband. Everyone's like, well, you obviously killed her, Frederick. Obviously, you did it. Frederick's like, it was one of you. (laughs) It's very funny. It's good. And so everyone is like, well, we're all just going to go back to our rooms with our guns. If anyone comes out of their room, they're obviously the killer because only the killer has a reason to go out of their room. Yep. And the rest of us will just wait in our rooms with our guns pointed at the doors. And if anyone comes in, we start a blasting. Yep. It's a foolproof plan. Yeah. Uh, so they all go to their rooms, and of course, everyone leaves their room immediately. Well, okay, <laughs> Except yeah. for Frederick and, um, oh my god, what's her name? The woman from the paper. Ruth? Ruth, yeah. Yeah, she's chilling. The only people who listen. Yeah. Everyone else starts walking about. Nora, because like, well, she decides to stay in her room for a while. But she eventually gets scared, and we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. And leaves. Lance meets up. His, he has a conjoining room with yeah. uh, Nora. And so he goes back to his room, visits her to make sure she's okay. And it's like, I'm going to go look for a way out. And try and get, so he can go call the police. Yeah, so he, to sick him on yeah. Frederick, because he had a moment with Annabelle earlier where Annabelle was totally playing and I'm going, watch out for my husband. He's going to kill somebody. He's just jealous. Yeah. Which, I mean, maybe true, honestly. Yeah. Obviously, we know as the audience she was playing it up, but she might not have been entirely lying and so lance leaves he's looking for a way out gets trapped in a false wall yep secret passageway and he leaves Nora alone and Nora's in a room and the lights go out yeah lightning starts flashing it's the only way we're able to see and what appears at the window bob annabelle's fucking ghost mm-hmm. floating out the window really cool because there's super a, cool there's a noose around her neck yeah and the rope slides into the room and kind of wraps its way around uh Nora's legs Nora's legs and Nora's freaking out I thought she was... She grabs her gun and looks like she's about to shoot shoot the ghost. The ghost out the barred windows, and then the ghost floats away. Super cool moment. So cool. Of course, Nora screams, runs out, and books it downstairs. I think frantically looking for a way out. Yeah, freak the fuck out. And um, this triggers Trent. His name's Trent, right? The doctor? Yeah. Okay. This triggers Dr. Uh, Trent to leave his room and go check on Frederick. 
Oh, we, we are talking about we what happens when she goes down the stairs. It's the killer. Because I thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah. When Nora goes down the stairs, Annabelle's ghost is now hanging where she died. Yep. Super cool. And also, the other thing. Because it's the I, first time you get yeah. to see her face. Mm-hmm. But anyways, then we cut to Dr. Trent. Oh, there was more. There's no more there. It, oh. Oh. It's a classic haunted house thing, man. I wanted yeah, to talk about it. Yeah, but it's not worth it. mentioning, but you can mention it, I guess. Okay, well, she goes down the stairs, sees her ghost hanging again. Then she keeps going down the stairs, and at the bottom of the staircase, there's, like, an organ, and it just starts playing itself like a ghost is playing it. And then she gets freaked out and gets backed up against the wall, and then, like, a spooky, like, gross <laughs> hand comes around the, the corner and starts grabbing her, so she gets freaked out again. I think that happened before the organ. I think that happened on the stairs. I think it—I don't remember. It happened in, in order, but th- all those things happened. So then she's really freaked out. Basically, I just want to play up the fact that she is getting, like, fucked with by these ghosts hardcore. Oh, yeah, she has absolutely lost it. Because she was already losing it when the head happened. Yeah. And now, but that wasn't even blatant. This is, like, blatant, blatant. Oh, for sure. Anyways, you know, Dr. Lance hears a scream and the organ. So he goes to check on Frederick, who he thinks is the killer. Frederick's in his room, (laughs) which I think is very funny because he peeks his head out. Because I assumingly he hears the noise, too. Yeah. Sees Dr. Lance coming, hides Do- in his room. Trent. Dr. Trent coming. You keep saying Dr. Lance. I know, not Dr. Lance. He sees Dr. Trent coming, hides in his room. <laughs> Dr. Trent knocks on the door. <laughs> he opens the door with his gun pointed at his chest. Very funny, because he's just like, why are you out of your room, doctor? Are you admitting guilt? Yeah. They just have this moment where, like, I heard something. Did you hear something? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's split up and search for clues, gang. Do you have your peace? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Lance is like, I'll check up here. Stop saying Dr. Lance. It's Fuck Dr. You! Trent. Dr. Trent. Is you like, bitched me for not correcting you last time. I was right last time. On accident. Not on accident. Definitely on purpose. I just didn't realize it. Dr. Trent's like, I'll check upstairs. Frederick, you go check downstairs. Because basically we have to find, assumedly, Nora probably. Yeah, you got to figure out what the hell's going on. It was a woman's scream. It was probably Nora because Nora's been freaking out the whole night. Yeah. Um, so Frederick goes down the stairs, and we see Dr. Trent walk down the hall. And then we see him go into the room where Annabelle's body is. Mm-hmm. And we assume to go check on the body. Yeah. And he opens the curtain. He's like, it's almost over, my sweet. What happens, Bob? She's fine. She's fine. She sits up, and she's like, are you sure? And it's this reveal that basically all the ghost stuff was a setup. Manufactured. By these two. Because remember, Frederick was, like, pretty convinced that Annabelle was cheating on him. Mm-hmm. Well, she was cheating on him with Dr. Trent, and basically they've created this plan to scare Nora so bad that when they get Frederick to go check up on her, she'll accidentally shoot him. Yeah. And Crazy plan. Just like we've pulled it off perfectly. And they've done a great job because Frederick's going downstairs to go check on her. Yep. Assumedly in the basement, because that's where she ends up being. Yeah, because they basically they scared her to the basement, essentially. They've- Basically flushed her down there like prey. Wow. Crazy. I don't know what you felt about that review. Absolutely blew my mind. Because I, I had called that Nora was somehow cheat, like somehow was going to try and kill Frederick, right? Yeah. Or not Nora, sorry, uh, Annabelle. And I, that then was, she died. And then she died, and I was like, well, holy shit, what's going on now? I think at one point you were like, maybe Nora did it. Yeah, I did say maybe Nora did it. It'd be the fifth wife. Yeah. I just, it was, it's just such a like, there are so many leads to this. Oh, there's so many good setups of who is trying to kill who. Exactly. Or is it a ghost? Mm-hmm. And the ghost element is played up so well. Mm-hmm. And so the reveal that, A, you know, Annabelle's trying to kill Frederick is like, oh, of course. I saw that coming. But it's after you think that's not an option. Yeah. But the addition that not only is it that she's having an affair with Dr. Trent, 
but that Dr. Trent is also in on it, having been the most rational person the whole movie. Yeah, because movie. he's, like, the person that you trust because he's making a lot of seemingly good decisions. Yeah, is jarring in the best way possible. Oh, it's so good. Plus this explanation that all the ghost bullshit is just these two characters pulling off the most elaborate ruse ever. Oh, well, it's so good. Ludicrous is just perfect. So cool. But... Long story short, Nora's in the basement. She's got her gun out. Hysterical. And um, Frederick comes down the stairs, and she shoots him in the chest, and he falls to the ground dead. And, of course, Nora runs upstairs because she's like, oh, no, I shot Frederick. I killed somebody. Holy fuck. And so she runs up the stairs and out of screen, and then we see Dr. Trent come out of one of the hidey holes he was hiding Yeah, one of the many doors in this basement that are just dark rooms. Yeah, uh, assumedly there's like a secret entrance for the servants to go down to Mm -hmm. get to the basement. But he comes out of one of those and picks up Frederick's body and pulls it over to something we haven't mentioned the whole time, which is the vat of acid in the basement. Yeah. Which (laughs) completely ludicrous that that's there. It's funny, though. It's so stupidly over the top. Yeah. It is explained away. Like, this isn't just like, oh, yeah, it's just the classic vat of acid that's in every old house. So there's been seven murders in the house. Two of them are explained away as, like, Watson's, fa- Watson's family and, like, jealousy-fueled murder rages. Yeah. But all the, the murders or deaths that have happened in the house have all been, like, bizarre. Yeah. Or, like, wild in some way. Yeah, like, not normal, like, you could just got shot. And the vat of the acid is related to one of those. Uh, basically, the story that's given is one of the previous owners made wine, mm-hmm. and his wife always made fun of his wine and said it wasn't good. So he filled a pit, assumedly, I think it might have been like for mashing grapes, like filling the mash with. Yeah. Anyways, he filled this uh, hole he had in his wine cellar with acid <laughs> and then threw his wife in it. Yep. Because <laughs> she insulted his wife, which I think is very funny. It's funny, and also, like, they, expi- they also explained it away by Watson going, I don't want to be here. Why would I fix this? <laughs> Literally not my problem. Yeah. A, because any acid, because it dissolves, like, flesh and Mm -hmm. skin and all that. Everything but bone very rapidly. How would you get rid of that anyway? In seconds. We we actually get the watch. Watson takes a rat off the ground and chucks it in, which is so fucking funny because there's just a rat in this basement. What's a rat in a trap? Yeah, but the fact that it's just there. Yeah. But he chucks it into the acid, it dissolves, what, in seconds? Oh, yeah. And then the bones bubble up. Super cool effect. Very good effect. I mean, you you can tell how it's done. but You can tell how it's gun- done, but it's like one of those classic movie effects that you go, well, that still looks cool, man. Yeah, but uh, super corrosive acid. It would be a pain in the move. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. No one's ever going to be here. Watson just owns the place. But long story short, that's why the acid is there. But Dr. Trent pulls Frederick's body over, and you hear something splashing, because the screen cuts to black. Yeah. I Assumedly, mean. he disposed of the body in the acid. And the screen cuts to black, and you hear the bubbling that the acid does. And then the next scene is we get to see Annabelle walking down the stairs. I guess, assumedly, to go find Trent in Trent, the basement. Because he hasn't come back for a couple seconds. Mm-hmm. And she goes into the basement, and she starts calling for him because she doesn't see him anywhere. She goes to look at the acid, and what comes bubbling out? A skeleton, which you would expect a skeleton to bubble to the top. This skeleton does not just bubble to the top, Benjamin. It bubbles to the top. And then it keeps bubbling out of the water. It floats out of the acid. And starts walking towards Annabelle. So fucking scary. And then it starts talking. Yeah. It's the ghost of Frederick. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's basically like, you thought you could get away with my murder. But you can't. I'm coming to get you. bitch. And basically the skeleton scares Annabelle backwards. And and then shoves her into the acid. Shoves her into the acid. It's so goddamn awesome. And we just see her... Like, 
dress she's wearing dissolve down into the water. And then, Bob? Well, <laughs> Trent walks out of the... Not Trent, Jesus Christ, I lie. <laughs> <laughs> Frederick walks out of the fucking shadows with a crazy, like, mechanical, like... Yeah, Vincent Price has this pulley system strapped to his body, and we see him pull up the skeleton towards him, and he just starts monologuing, because he's just like, Dr. Trent, Annabelle, you thought you could murder me? Well, you didn't know I was also playing the game, and I murdered you. It's so good. Yeah, so, <laughs> and, you know, at this point, revealed the remaining three, no, four. Yeah. Uh, Watts, Ruth, uh, Lance, and Nora have discovered the trapdoor that Lance got stuck behind. Yeah, released him. Released him, and then rushed down to the basement to because go check on the dead Frederick. A, she's Nora's like, I killed Frederick, come help. <laughs> and, you know, they find Frederick, who's cleaned up his weird contraption, um, and it's just like, they tried to kill me. Nora, you didn't shoot me. It was just a blank. Yeah. It was a it was a prank. Yeah. Because I'm not going to give him guest-loaded guns. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but really, though, Annabelle and Dr. Trent tried to kill me. I tussled with them, and they fell in acid. Yeah. But we'll let the cops judge me. Yeah. And that's how the film ends. But yeah. Going back to it. <sighs> the implication here is that this whole party was an elaborate ruse... Within an elaborate ruse. Within an elaborate ruse. Because Annabelle, the implication is, had subconsciously influenced Frederick to set up this party where she and Dr. Trent would work together to freak out one of the guests to murder Frederick. Yeah. But the whole time Frederick knew and basically played along with this scheme that the two were setting up just so at the very end he could throw, what, Dr. Trent into the acid? Yeah. And then scare... Annabelle into falling in with him. Yep. Great double bluff. It's so good. Ah, so good. It's like, it's amazing, to be honest. Like, I I haven't been played by a movie like that in a while, man. Because you, you don't expect it, because it's not one of those films where, like, you can figure it out beforehand. Like, you know something's going on. Yeah. But you can't really go, oh, that's what it is. Because they use, and I think a big part of that, it's just because they use the ghost excuse to such a degree that you could buy that this is a ghost movie yeah. the entire fucking time. And honestly, it still might be a fucking ghost movie because there's some stuff that happens that is not explainable. Yeah, all the blatant stuff that is, like, blatantly supposed to be a ghost uh, is explained away. Yeah. But all the weird creaking and stuff like that. Blood like, leaking from the ceiling. And the chandelier falling. All the little stuff that is not blatant is left up to, like, could be actual ghosts. Because, again the end of the film nine people have died here in horrific murders oh yeah three of them from ass <laughs> yeah but yeah it's just such a cool premise because it's set up so obviously and then it tricks you into thinking the obvious thing isn't gonna happen and then comes out of entirely out of left field with yeah it's a ghost except no it's a double bluff yeah and it's great and i know we just kind of talked about the whole plot but it is you have to explain it to appreciate for us to just talk about how much we liked it. Yeah. I mean, like, if we didn't explain the whole thing, we would just be talking about how much we liked it. And yeah. we can't tell you why. And that's um, boring. So we had to ruin it. But what's so good about it is how it not only tricks the characters, but tricks the audience. Yeah. I think on that note, I, th I think we should just talk about things we liked about the film. Yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff. A lot of really, really good stuff. And I think the obvious one is practical effects. Yeah, man. I, you know, love practical effects. We've talked about this a lot. Because um, <laughs> it's it's just one of the coolest parts of older films. And even some modern films have really good practical stuff. No, practical effects are always cool because you basically have to do everything 
physically Mm -hmm. to basically trick the eye into thinking something's really happening. And that's, you know, a hard thing to do, especially with like super good modern cameras and audiences nowadays who are super overexposed to stuff. But no matter how impressive practical effects look nowadays, I do think older practical effects are cooler because digital effects weren't at the same level they are at nowadays. They've been around for forever, just with like green screening and stuff like that. Or like at the very least post-processing where you take an image and you put it over another images. Oh, yeah. That's always been people like drawing on film and shit. Like it's a thing that can happen. Like the Lumiere brothers did that back in the day. They take one film and put it over another. Basically, since the birth of film, we've had like special effects like that. But practical effects back in the day were a lot more intense because you had to do a lot of stuff we do nowadays in like post-processing in person while filming. Yeah. And that just makes some really impressive stuff. And the movie had to do a lot of that. One of the very obvious ones is with the lighting. Oh, man. Because first of all, it's a black and white film. So you do have to light everything very well um, to make sure everything captures properly and it's not just all shadow. But one of the coolest parts of this film is the interior of the house is lit entirely with gas lamps. Yeah, entirely candles and or gas lamps. And... So throughout the film, when they have things like get darker uh, or brighter, they're basically using this uh, system of gas lamps to dim and light the room. It looks awesome. Which is really cool, both to like simulate this effect of like all the lights going out, which is pretty cool, but also like when they light candles sometimes in dark rooms, what they'll do is when we see the candles, they'll light up all the uh, gas lamps Mm -hmm. to simulate light. But to make it look like it's specifically the candles yeah. that are producing the light. And then when the characters turn away, they'll dim everything again. Mm-hmm. They'll also use lights that are like behind the camera to do this as well. Yeah, it's really it looks really nice. And I think it's a really interesting way to do uh, like a candle effect like that. Yeah. Additionally, there's stuff like the lights go out in one scene and they use the what is essentially a white light yeah. behind the window to just flash and create just a very intense shadow intense shadow that is basically just a strobe light but it Mm -hmm. looks really really good it looks nice because they play the lightning effects over it so it's lightning and it just it fits the haunted house theme in a really good way too yeah additionally all the ghost stuff that is obviously part of the prank is all really good so fucking good that weird ghost arm we talked about looks great annabelle has like she's hanging in a couple scenes Mm -hmm. which assumedly is a wire stunt but looks really great it looks really good yeah the woman caretaker (laughs) <laughs> for some scenes is just being wheeled around on a dolly under her dress. Yeah. Looks great. That's why we buy She's a Ghost. It's because she essentially floats on and off screen sometimes. But I think the best one is the skeleton at the end who yeah. walks around mm-hmm. on a pulley system. And if you look really closely because the footage was never meant to be seen in HD, you can see the wires. I see. I couldn't see him. I tried looking and I really couldn't tell. Oh, you can see him. You can actually see him in the acid pit. You see the wires going into the acid. Really? That's only if you know they're there. If you're not really looking for them, it's not obvious. But I just want to say it's really creative. Like, all these effects, you can see how they're done. Like, we mentioned the the rat. Mm-hmm. It's very clearly a plastic rat skeleton, and they it floats in water. So yeah. they just released it, mm-hmm. and then just had a bubbler underneath. But, but it still looks cool. Everything looks cool and is impressive. Maybe not the most convincing, but But it I doesn't love it. have to be convincing, because I... I love when you look at an effect and you go, I know exactly how they did that, and they pulled it off, and everyone, it's just like, I don't know, I'm suspending my disbelief in such a way because I'm buying into the story and what's happening. It fits the tone, and it. I just love it. I love it. It's so 
It's so fucking cool. Also, want to mention now because I'm not sure if you know this fact. Uh, at one scene, Ruth keeps having blood drip onto her from the ceiling. Yeah, which from what we can tell is not set up by anyone. No. So it's either just the most horrific leak possible, or it's the ghost. Yeah, it's left up to interpretation. But it's supposed to, I assume, look like blood dripping mm-hmm. onto her hands. Do you know what they use for blood in black and white movies? Wine. No. Oh, what is it? Chocolate sauce. Oh. Like Hershey's chocolate sauce. Because on huh. black and white film, it looks like really, really black and dark. Yeah. But it's also viscous. So apparently it looks a lot like blood. That's cool. Fun fact. That that was a very common thing to use. Yeah. Oh, you know what? No, that doesn't make any sense. Never mind. Move on. Okay. So, you know, effects were pretty great in this movie. I also want to mention sounds. Oh, the sound design of this movie is immaculate. They have an orchestral store going uh, for most of the film, and it's just great. They probably spent most of their budget on the interior stuff, mm-hmm. but also the score. And it, it really makes the movie. It creates, like, the perfect ambiance that's just creepy. Yeah, just creepy enough. Mm-hmm. But not over the top. Yeah. It's also, like, a theremin. Gotta there's love. just some really good, like, sound cue stuff. Very akin to, like, John Carpenter's Halloween, where it's just like, oh, that, that was a perfect sound cue to, mm-hmm. like, for this moment. Like, it was just on beat perfectly. And it makes it, it raises the tension in a lot of ways that's so fucking good. Yeah, I, and there's also some good, like, environmental sounds. Oh, like yeah. thunder. Mm-hmm. I think the best example of this is the opening. Oh, my God. Which, I think is the most tense I've ever seen Bob. Where basically the opening opened with like, reminds me of something out of like a Christmas story. Not a Christmas story. Christmas Carol? What's mm. the one with yeah, yeah, Scrooge? Yeah, yeah. Christmas yeah. Carol? Christmas Carol. That's exactly what I thought too. You hear rattling chains and moaning and like the sounds of like a thumping old house. In a pitch black screen. Over a pitch black screen. Just great effects. Really raises the tension. And then you see Dr. Not Dr. Watson. Watson's head. Yeah. Float up. And he just gives his intro, freaked out, uh, talking about the events that happened in the movie. Great. It scared the shit out of me. Like, it it wasn't scary, but I was just like, I want this to stop. <laughs> like, I yeah. want this to stop happening right and now. I, I can't imagine how, like, scary that would have been in 1959. Ooh, terrifying. But great. Great practicals, great sound stuff. Uh, do you have anything else in the film you want to mention? We haven't talked about the acting at all, but it's all real good. Yeah, it's all pretty good. Vincent Price and... Who Vincent play- Price is just Vincent Price. So yeah, it's, Vincent Price. it's really over, to- over the top, but it fits this eccentric millionaire yeah. perfectly. Um, I think we also mentioned Annabelle and him have it's great the most... Chemistry. I hate you, but I respect you kind of thing going on. Because I get the feeling that they're both aware of the whole gold digging thing that's going on here. Oh, yeah. And are just like, Frederick's kind of like, you're hot. I'm into that. (laughs) And Annabelle's like, you're rich. I'm I'm into into that. that. And I kind of got this feeling that they were both kind of okay with that. Yeah. Like, they still probably would have been passive aggressive to each other. Because I don't think they like each other. But they would have been okay with that. And then I feel... (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to say is I get the feeling that the reason they're trying to kill each other is because of this cheating that came up. And if it wasn't for that, they just would have hated each other but lived with it. Yeah. Which I think is very funny. (laughs) Yeah, and they both do a really good job of showing that in the movie through their acting and stuff. Because you need chemistry to show that you hate each other like that because it's all passive aggressive. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nora does a great job of being freaked out. Yeah. Lance does a good job of trying to be confident. Yeah. Uh, Watson does a really good job of selling that he believes in the ghosts. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, a really, really good job. Oh, yeah. And being drunk. And being like, very drunk. Like, subtle, like, slurring and stumbling stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, God. Uh, Ruth? No, not Ruth. The other guy. Uh, Dr. Trent? Dr. Trent. Really good job of just being, like, 
rational and acting like he doesn't believe the ghost stuff and then it's all hysteria. And it's so good when you get to the end, you're like, oh my god, he played them like fucking chess. He's actually just a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I think that's it. Okay. For in movie stuff. Okay. Then I have two things I want to talk about. Okay, two or three. Depends on how you count this. So, first one, I want to mention there is a remake of this film. Bob, are you angry? I, lo- <laughs> uh, I don't... Um, I, uh, I don't want to just be like, fuck you, no. But I, it worries me because I this film is great. And I don't know why they would remake it except for like a cash grab. You know what I mean? Like I, I worry that it's not going to be as good. And it probably won't be. But I'll watch it. <laughs> Do you want me to mention anything about the remake? Like my thoughts right now? Or do you just want me to leave it? No, mention it. We'll talk about it. I've seen it. Okay, how is it? What do you think? Is it a bad movie? No. I don't think it's like bad, but it's definitely not as good. Do you I'll ask you this then. Do you think it's because you knew what was gonna happen going in because you've seen the original and you know how it ends up? Do you think that ruins it? Because I could see that being a problem. For sure. I don't think that's the issue with the remake. Okay. And we'll leave it at that. Okay. I wanna watch it now, damn it. But I've seen that one. That one's so it's a nineteen ninety nine film. Okay. So it's also uh, blatantly 90s, just like me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you were born in 1999, you <laughs> I fucking know. bitch. Um, I will say, they got a great guy to play not Vincent Price. Okay. Because you couldn't get Vincent Price again. Yeah. But they, who they got, uh, I forget the actor's name, but he's Barbados from um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh! That guy. Okay. I could see that working. Well, they got him to look exactly like how Vincent Price looks in this film, <laughs> like with the pencil mustache and everything, <laughs> and it looks so great, and that might be my favorite part of that movie. Okay. That sounds awesome, actually. But that film came out in two- 1999, and then it apparently has a sequel, which I haven't seen, that came out in 2007. Ugh. I'm sure we'll watch it eventually, since we covered the original, but when with old movies that are so good like this, and they're so... like The reason I like this film so much is because it reeks of the period in which it is made. Oh, it's super period. Uh, we didn't mention the transatlantic accent, but yeah. I love it. I love the it, too. Black and white, the style of like their clothes yeah, and hair. It, it's just so classic <laughs> and dialogue. adds so much to the film, you know? Like, Ruth keeps requesting, because it's a, technically still a party, Yeah, and Frederick's being a decent host, has a bar, Mm-hmm. And he's making drinks for everyone. And Ruth keeps requesting a scotch and, which yep. is a scotch and seltzer, scotch and soda, or whiskey and soda, whatever you want to call it. But she just says a scotch and, which is not anything I've heard nowadays. I literally had to ask you what that was, because mm-hmm. I didn't know. Just kind of cool stuff like that. And obviously you lose all that if you do a modern remake. Yeah. And Unless you're doing a, a scene-for-scene period piece, which would be cool. Would be cool, but basically no one does. And there's no reason to do it. The closest you come to something like that would be like Madman, which is super accurate for the time it's set. Yeah. But that's not like a remake. It's just an original piece set in the period that's really good. Yeah. All right. So I wanted to mention that. But before we move on to the outtakes, there is something I really want to talk about. Okay. And we'll do this in two parts. Uh, First part, I just want to mention all the stuff that happens in the movie that's like horror effects that really scared Bob. I hope you realize are like all like props and scares used in like carnival haunted houses. (laughs) Okay. I just think, A, I want to mention that because it it lines up with the fact that it's all like gags pulled off by these people. Oh, yeah, and they're literally in a haunted house. Because it's basically they booby-trapped this house to be a haunted house. Because they're all pulling off all this stuff, which I think fits the tone. But that level of, like, not necessarily cheapness, but, like, gagginess of the scares, well, effective. 
does fit the director. Oh, okay. William Castle, who, uh, Castle Films, and I've talked to you about him before. I know you don't remember, which is going to make this interesting because you'll remember halfway through, but he's very famous for making, like, gimmicky films. Okay. Lots of them starring Vincent Price, like, lots of them, uh, just because Vincent Price is very over the top in the best way possible. Oh, yeah. But also, they work very well together. And, anyways, William Castle made a lot of horror films like this one, where Heavy emphasis on suspense, but also just kind of like, I don't want to say cheap, but like less of a mainstream style budget. Sure. But he was usually able to rake in like lots of customers to come see them, both for like really good advertising. I mean, again, Vincent Price is really good at bringing in people. Oh, yeah. He's super famous. I I mean, that whole intro he does at the beginning is basically the best commercial ever. Oh, yeah. Um, but also because he had gags that he would set up in theaters. We've talked about this. Talked about this. Yes, we have. For this movie, there's a very... Probably this movie has his most famous gag, which is where during the scene where the skeleton comes out of the acid, a couple theaters uh, would have a skeleton fly over the audience's heads. That's awesome. And freak out the audience. That's so fucking cool. And yeah, he, he would work with a bunch of gags like that in his movie theaters. Uh, he also does another film with Vincent Price called The Tingler, which is about these... I think they're aliens that, if I remember right, they're like parasitic and they'll eat your spine. Oh, yeah. We've talked and about this one. you can feel like a tingle go down your spine when they latch onto you. Yeah. And so at certain theaters, when you went to go see the film, there was buzzers installed in your mm-hmm. seats that would go off randomly throughout the movie. And I, I think we just need to mention that because you can't like watch a Castle film without realizing that this man was a showman, like more so than a director. He was a showman, and he was very, very good at it. And oh, I wish there was shit like that nowadays. That's so oh, yeah. fucking cool. You can still go see. There's a couple like theaters that'll still do shows sometimes uh, for Castle films, and they have stuff like that. Man, this is the really big one because it's kind of easy to set up where you yeah. have just a skeleton fly, but it's apparently a lot of fun. That's awesome. And we could have a whole conversation about Castle films and like theater gimmicks because there's a bunch. Uh, 3D stuff. He was really into that. He did a couple films. 13 Ghosts is his big 3D film. Mm. Do you want me to talk about that right now? I mean, I've never seen it, but we can if you want. There were special glasses to see the ghosts during the film that you had to wear to see them in That's the film. awesome. Kind of like old 3D, essentially. Old yeah. film is so goddamn Lots cool. Lots of stuff like that. Lots of gimmicks he would do because, again, showman and director. Really great. And I don't know. Maybe at some point we'll have a discussion about like old special effects and stuff. But uh, We should at some point. Not today, because that deserves its own We do have to do a whole episode. All right. On that note, are you, you good to go do the outtakes? We have to do recommendations and ratings. Oh, yeah, we do. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, is he going to forget? Yeah. We've been here a while. It's a long outro. Yeah. A long post, I think. Oh! Wait, what? Really quick. Before okay. we get to the recommendations, I'm about to raise your whole rating of this movie up a star, or a skull, or whatever we use for our rating system, a point. Okay. You ready? Sure. I didn't mention an actor when we were doing the actors for this film. Okay. Because I didn't want to spoil something. My favorite actor in this entire film is Skeleton as himself. Oh, it's I saw that in the in credits. The that credit. made me laugh really hard. He also has an IMDb page. If you're ever wondering, he's credited as Skeleton as Skeleton. That's on awesome. IMDb. That's really good. It's great. I saw that in the credits and thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. But I went, well, okay. I just love it that they do. They actually went to the effort to make a card for him and put it into the film. It's it's good. I appreciate it. It's very it. funny. It's also probably a real human skeleton, by the way. Oh, probably. Uh, because going back to practical effects stuff, something people don't know is, like, modern movies, all the skeletons are fake. They're, like, plastic or whatever you make a 
fake skeleton out of? I don't actually know. I don't either. It's probably some plastic substance, but who knows? It could be silicon or something like that. But up until, like, I don't know, pretty late or pretty recent, probably yeah. 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, probably up until, like, the 80s or 90s. It was very common to use real human skeletons in movie when you ever you needed to show a skeleton because fake skeletons were super expensive to make. Yeah. Uh, technology's gotten better, and, like, chemicals and stuff to make those molds like those plaster molds and everything have gotten cheaper but it, it just used to be so much cheaper to get a real human skeleton and so but people don't realize this is like lots of movies lots and lots of old movies whenever you see a skeleton it's just a real human skeleton so just thought i should mention that yeah we had a whole conversation at work about uh the skeleton trade yeah we'll talk well that's another episode <laughs> another time i mean remember what they said in return of the living dead yeah <laughs> The skeleton trade. The skeleton trade. They said in that movie, the best skeletons come from India. India. Yep. I think that's, that's the la- last time we talked about that. Yeah. That was actually true at the time. <laughs> yep. All right. Okay. Let's go to uh, recommendations, and then we can do ratings. Okay. If you want a classic, this is, once again, it's a it's a classic haunted house movie. And I, I don't know how else to describe it other than, like, it just has that feel. The aesthetic is correct. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you want that, highly recommend for that. If you're into Vincent Price... He might be the highlight of this film for me. Him and Watson. Watson made me laugh every time he said something. Because it's so funny how into the ghost he is. And it's so entertaining. So if, like, great. If you want a classic... The second half of the movie is a classic whodunit. With a ghost, like, side plot. Yeah, even though it's not revealed that it's, like, not a ghost. It's but it feels like a whodunit. Because all the characters are convinced it's murder. Yeah. Except for Watson, who is convinced it's ghosts. So if you want a classic Who Done It style movie, great for that. If you're into that, like into classic practicals in, a, I don't want to say cartoonish levels, but they're so just like over the top and awesome. I love them so much. So if you're into that, highly recommend for that. I think those are my only ones. Oh, black and white. This is a good black and white movie. I think it uses black and white as a benefit rather than a hindrance in a lot of really good ways. Yeah, it helps with light and shadow, especially in these old black and white films. Yeah, so I think those are my only recommendations. All right, for me, lots of similar ones. You want to see a haunted house film? Pretty great. And it's a haunted house film in that classic like ghost way where it's a lot of implicit stuff and not explicit. So if you like ghost films like that, also really good. You want to see a Vincent Price film? This is basically the, if not one of the most famous and iconic Vincent Price films. I think this is what most people know him for. And it just oozes with his style uh, if you want to see a, a castle film this is probably one of the most well-known ones so totally worth a watch for that especially because it's in public domain black and white film great black and white film great black and white horror film uh, especially and so i think if you want to see some cool like black and white practical effects and just black and white used effectively to create tension because it works perfectly oh, with it's the so good light um, check it out for that and then finally if you want to see kind of like a high tension suspense and like whodunit thriller the back end of this film is basically that with the front half being a murder setup i think you said right during the intro that this reminded you of clue yeah i said this has clue vibes so yeah that sounds good all right rate it bob five fuck i i don't know i, I we've been given a lot of fives out recently we're handing them out like fucking candy but like our scale only goes so high and like this one is so fucking good it's so it's so well thought out in it over the top in all of the best ways possible and it, every single time you think you know you figured out what happened, it throws a fucking wrench into it. It makes you rethink what you thought. And I, I just, the best part about this film, and I think the reason I have to give it a five is, it's a murder mystery whodunit 
with a ghost twist, and all the ghost twist does is muddy the water for the murder. But not in a bad way. But not in a bad way. It's just enough. <laughs> it's it's the fact that the murderers lean into the muddied waters. Because if it if it had just been the ghosts are muttering the murder aspect, it wouldn't have worked. No. But the fact that the murderers are specifically acting like there's a ghost to carry out the murders is what makes it great. Yeah, and all the practical stuff, while it is, like Ben said, carnival-esque in some ways, it's still good. It still fits the aesthetic they're going for, and, like, because the characters buy it, it sells it. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like I'm I'm able to suspend my disbelief so much that I'm just like, oh my god, there's a ghost. <laughs> oh my god, that skeleton pushed that woman into the acid. Because, like, it's over the top, but it's fun and it's interesting yeah i don't i don't have anything else to say like i there's just something about this movie that blows my mind like how pan-shittingly scared you were well there's that (laughs) that helps okay so for me this kind of weird film because it's not perfect no certain things are cheesy and bad and just not great i mean vincent price basically narrates and talks to the camera for the intro and also (laughs) sometimes when he's just monologuing by himself yeah. Some of the stuff you have to suspend your disbelief for the fact that it's like two people pulling it off or just like how well things have to work out for this whole plan to go off without a hitch. Like, again, not a perfect movie. However, I think that if you're kind of into like this style of like cheesy, almost over the top 50s horror film, it's great. Like it hits every single checklist they're looking for with that kind of thing. Like great practical effects, a little cheesy, but pretty fun. Over the top acting. Vincent Price is in it. <laughs> it always helps. Cool sound design, transatlantic accent. Basically, if this is like the style of film you're looking for, like an, an old 50s black and white horror film, and you understand like the tropes and stuff of that genre, I mean, I think you're going to be about as happy as you can be because it's absolutely great for that. Not a perfect film, and if I was judging it like super objectively, it wouldn't be. But looking back at it from a modern standpoint, you get what you get, and you're going to love it. And so because of that, I'm going to give it a five just because, like, I think this film is old enough that old enough and also famous enough that we all know what it is supposed not necessarily what it's supposed to be, but what it is. Like you look at House on Haunted Hill and you immediately know what type of genre film this is. Oh, for sure. And so while it might not necessarily be what it set out to be anymore, like this isn't like a scary horror film. This is a campy horror film that's meant to maybe get you a little tense, but also like a fun mystery and giggly. It, it did scare but me. But it's not, like, the most high art thing ever. But it just fits, like, what you'd expect from a 1950s horror film so well that I, I don't think I can rate it lower than a 5 because it just it fits my expectations for that genre so well that I'm just in love with it. Yeah, and it, it I haven't seen a ton of other uh, Haunted House-style movies, but I've seen enough to know there's a lot of stuff in this film that they just... <laughs> it's like, I've seen enough. I've seen two. <laughs> well, I, I've seen a few, but, like... There's some stuff in this movie that I'm like, oh, this inspired this other thing. Oh, yeah. Or this is, like, they take things from this and use it in other places. And a film to not create a genre, but to inspire, a, like, tropes in other films, there has to be something behind that, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I, I guess my point is, like, this isn't a perfect film, and I think if I'd watched this in, you know, 1959, and I was still doing this rating thing, I probably would have rated it lower. Yeah. That's fair. But coming from a different period in time and looking back on it and just objectively kind of knowing where it fits into like film history, I, as like a, a genre fan, have a lot of fun with it. Um, and I think if you come from that perspective, which basically, if you're going to watch this film, you probably do, it's a five. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Um, we're going to go to the outtakes. Yeah. Have well, fun uh, with that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we'll see you guys in a minute.
Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of House on Hunted Hill so far. I really like this movie. I think it's super fucking cool, super fucking classic, and also just over the top in all the best ways. But if you do not want any spoilers from the outtake section, please skip to 1 hour, 23 minutes, and 14 seconds immediately. This first clip is Ben and I's reaction to the opening of this film. Oh, it's all old, so it's got that nice film grain. Yeah. This is the restored one, though, so should look pretty decent. I mean, you can already tell. Yeah, it looks... Well... <laughs> oh, okay. What a... <laughs> Stop screaming. Do I need to turn it up? No. Stop. Do you hear the moaning? What a great way to start a film in like 1959. Oh my god. What the fuck? I don't like this. No, I don't I don't like this. This next clip is our reaction to the chandelier falling and almost killing Nora. That chandelier's gonna kill somebody. Well, never mind, it already fell. It didn't kill anybody. Oh god. Bob, why are you so tense? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this next clip is Ben and I's reaction to the acid pit in the basement being revealed. <laughs> you mean there's still acid in there? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe there is acid in there. Oh, my God. That's a rat in a trap. Yeah, it's a rat in a trap. Let's see if it, there's still acid in there. There's still acid in there. Who just leaves that much acid in a pit like that? Well, it's probably not worth, like, paying to get that out. I guess he does own the house, huh? He's probably like, I'm not dealing with well, this. Well, he doesn't come into the house because his family was murdered there. Yeah. This next clip is my reaction to the first time Nora sees a ghost. I didn't realize they weren't on. Oh, the lights went out. That's not good. Oh, that's so cool. Cause yeah, because they're, they're just dimming the flames. Because it's there's no electricity in this house. It looks super cool, though, on film. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Oh, no. Get the fuck out of here, you dumb ghost. Oh, that's so scary. Oh, she just leaves. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't like this. This next clip is one of the housekeepers scaring the absolute piss out of me. Well, they're, they're hit blasting them with light to get that... Um, the shadows. The shadow effect. Mm -hmm. But they also need a lot of light because it's on black and white film. And see yeah. that they dimmed them? Yep. And it, but it, it, it's simulating the effect of the candles. Oh, it's super cool. It's super cool. Plus, it... It takes a little bit of effort to it's, time your you lights like that. You have to like time that. it, yeah. Um, can I go ahead and just throw a pitch in here mm -hmm. about what this what's happening right now? Oh, do you see the candles? Huh? Uh, go ahead. What? Uh, there is no ghost. That's just his wife, and she's trying to find an excuse to somehow kill this man and blame it on ghosts. Because it was just some blonde woman, and these are just her ways of getting around the house. 
I, I've solved it. I mean, they're looking for a hollow space. Yeah. Oh, my God! <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck! <laughs> that is fucking terrifying. I would shit a goddamn brick. <laughs> what were you saying about the wife? Oh, it's a ghost, Ben. <laughs> there are ghosts, and I'm scared. <laughs> that was the best timing ever. Oh, my God. I couldn't have asked for better timing with how confident you were. Because <laughs> I thought I solved it, man. <laughs> this next clip is our reaction to the party favors Mr. Lauren has prepared for the guests. <laughs> oh. It's so passive aggressive, and I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that was a good line. That was such a good line. What, despite my, my wife. wife's faith? <laughs> in the impossible? Oh, in the inevitable. Mm. What's in the little coffins, Bob? Guns? <laughs> Are they going to shoot the ghosts? Don't shoot the gun. <laughs> People are going to die. It's the this is so stupid. This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to the reveal of who actually hung themselves. What? His wife got hung? Mm, no, she didn't. No, it's not. You smarmy bastard, man. That, no. Someone killed that woman. But where's Nora? Well, with the ghost, of course. <laughs> Somewhere. This next clip is our reaction to the ghost of Annabelle fucking with Nora. Oh, oh god damn it. Why did the lights go out? Now there's just thunder. What the fuck? Oh, it's a rope. Huh? Wait, what? No way. Ghost rope? It. I thought it was a snit. Oh my god. Well, this explains how she got, um, you know, hung. Oh, it's the ghost of fucking... What is her name? Annabelle? That's really cool. This next clip is our reaction to the reveal of Dr. Trent in Annabelle's plot. Oh, he went to go check on her body. If it's not there anymore, I don't know what the fuck. It's still there. Who put it back? Why are you being weird? Oh my god. What? What a shitty- Oh man. This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to the skeleton reveal. Someone's in the acid pit. Actually, both them, both of them are gone. So are- Did they both fall into the acid pit? Well, there's one skull. It's rot. Holy shit, that's actually really cool. Fucking skeleton rising out of the acid. 
<laughs> it's fucking Frederick's ghost. Where's David? That's the question, right? Did he also fall into the acid? Or is he just trying to kill her too? So there are no accomplices to his murders. Because he's still going to get paid by the estate. Well, okay. Nora's dead. Or not Nora. Annabelle. What? He got shot! How does this work? Well, where's David? Oh. Okay, that might just be David's skeleton. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. I know there were some pretty good ones in that one. Some ones where I just absolutely lost my mind. I didn't think you'd scream that loud. It scared me. I'm scared of old people. We, that's established and on the, like... And the blind. That <laughs> is unrelated. The blind... The fact that she was blind only makes that make a little more sense. Anyway. <laughs> do we have any announcements, Benjamin? Nothing like super out there, except that we're still doing convention stuff. So that's coming out tomorrow yeah. and Monday. We announced what those were on the last convention at Prep Stuff. But for those of you who don't listen to those, uh, we're watching Halloween 4 and 5. So 4 is going to be out tomorrow, and 5 will be out Monday. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Bob's trying not to spoil anything because we've already, we've already recorded those episodes. Yeah, we recorded those a while, uh, a bit ago. And um, yeah, yeah, we watched them. Um, <laughs> anyways, check us out on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you know, online. We're also on YouTube if you want to listen to us there for some reason. It's a great place to show us your support if you're doing so because we can see, like, your subscriptions and your likes and all of that. YouTube is also a good place to communicate with us. Same as Twitter. For instance, if you wanted to offer us $10,000 to spend the night in a haunted house... No. Totally be into no, it. No, 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 no. Or I guess the modern $100,000. Then we definitely do it. No. I, I, no. I'd totally be willing to take Bob's share when he dies, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I, You will not drag my corpse anywhere near an actual, like, okay. An aside quickly in the <laughs> outro because you mentioned haunted houses. Austin keeps trying to get me to go to fucking Waverly with him, and I refuse. I will not step anywhere near that place. So yeah, if you want to pay us uh, ten grand to go in there for the night, totally into it. And then if Bob dies, I'll I'll take his share, and that's great too. Oh God! You can also give us like movie recommendations, but like that's more useful than the, the haunted house thing. That's not ten thousand dollars, but it's more useful because so, I'm um, not going to a haunted house. <sighs> like Ben said, check us out on Twitter at Beware the Board. It's where we post updates about the show. Anything you need to know about the show goes on our Twitter Mondays. If I remember, or, you know, whenever I... Look, we're busy. <laughs> Bob I'm forgets sorry. a lot. I forget stuff, and I'm... It's annoying for me, because I'm stupid. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that week's worth of episodes, which is basically a movie cover that's hidden. You can reveal it, so you can watch the movie before we do, so whenever we talk about it on the show, you don't get any spoilers. And when we're being really vague about shit, you kind of know what we're talking about. Also, on Fridays, or whatever day an episode comes out, I post a link to the episode with a little little funny bit of text. Sometimes gifts. We've been putting memes on episodes recently, and they're very funny and enjoyable. I keep making memes because I think they're funny. They're all, they are funny. I enjoy them. Which, okay, now that we talked about it, the one for Night of the Living Dead probably makes so much more sense. Oh, it absolutely <laughs> does. 
It absolutely does make way most, more sense. I think Bob described it as crusty meme imaginable for that movie. It was <laughs> awesome. It's funny. But yeah, so whenever we post an episode, a link goes on our Twitter. So if you ever miss an upload or are wondering when something came out, you can just go to our Twitter and find it. It'll take you right to where you need to be to watch it. Last thing, we're doing short form content now. We're on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. So if you're into short form content, I post extra outtakes from the show, clips from the show that aren't actually in the show from the movie and stuff that... Because I've been rescrubbing old footage trying to find new content. So if you're interested in short form content, we're on TikTok at Beware the Board, and we're also on YouTube Shorts. Check us out there if you're into that. I think that's it. Yeah. We'll uh see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Or, you know, next week if you're just watching these.